Welcome to the Profit First for Contractors mini-series here on Builder Funnel Radio. In this series, I team up with Sean Van Dyke to walk you through his Profit First for Contractors system in detail. If you're not making a profit or just not making as much profit as you'd like to be in your construction business, stay tuned. And if you don't know Sean, Sean is a construction business coach, an international keynote speaker, and author of two books, Profit First for Contractors and The Paperwork Punch List. Most contractors are not profitable, which makes them feel uncertain about what they need to do to grow their construction businesses. Sean believes construction business owners should be as good at business as they are at their craft. And that's why after 20 plus years of owning and operating multiple construction businesses, Sean became a construction business coach. He now works with construction business owners, executives, and managers all over the world and shows them how to stop losing profits and wasting time. Sean helps contractors get their lives back. He is also the founder of the Built to Build Academy, which creates confident construction business owners through educational training and mentoring programs so that you can start, grow, and build a profitable construction business. Now stay tuned for the Profit First for Contractors mini-series here on Builder Funnel Radio. Hey guys, welcome back to Builder Funnel Radio. This is episode two of Profit First for Contractors. I'm here with Sean Van Dyke. Sean, how's it going today? Hey, it's going great, man. Great to be back here, Spencer. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah, I'm excited for today because we're going to dig into kind of the meat of a lot of the Profit First system and how you can start implementing it. But I know when you and I were talking about kind of there's four core principles, uh, but you kind of, I don't know, drew the analogy to health or fitness. So what, what's that all about? Yeah. So uh, uh, Mike McAllowitz sets this up in his book in Profit First, and he kind of tells a story about the, an epiphany moment that he had about money, and it all relates to dietary and nutritional science. And so that's really where the four core principles um, are originated from is this this thing psychologically that we do when we want to live a healthier lifestyle, eat better and consume less calories and lose weight. Uh, it's all the core principles are based on how our brain works when it comes to being on a diet or, or eating healthy. And, you know, you, you apply that to your construction business as well. So the same principles apply to running a healthy construction business. So the four core principles, we'll just go over them real quickly and then we can kind of take a deep dive into each one of them. Yeah, uh, let's do it. But yeah, but they, so here's the four core principles, small plates serve sequentially, remove temptation and enforce a rhythm. So I'll talk about them as they re relate to dietary science, and then we'll break each one of them down, how they apply, how that thinking applies to the cash and the money in your construction business. So small plates. So uh, I think there's, there's been some studies that have done, that have been done that have shown the, this average plate size in America has grown by like 35% over the past 20 <laughs> yeah, or 30 years. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah, I think I've right, seen yeah. some of those similar. <laughs> yeah, and and psychologically, if you thought like when, you know, when we were younger, we were all told to do what when it came to eating our food, right? We were yeah, told to load up, load up the plate. Yeah. yeah, well, we fill up the plate and then we're told clean your plate. So if the plate gets bigger and we're used to filling up that plate, psychologically, we're not really thinking about the 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 amount of calories that we need to consume. We're just, Hey, my plate's full or it's not full. And when that plate is bigger and it's got more stuff on it, then we have a tendency to clean our plates. Like we were told when we were little kids, like clean your plate. So the, the, if you want to lose weight, 
you want to consume less calories and you want to have a healthier lifestyle, then you just need to use a smaller plate. Now, this doesn't mean that you can take a small plate and fill it up with chocolate chip cookies and brownies, and that's going <laughs> to mean that you're going to be healthy. No, but in general, uh, smaller plates means that we'll consume less. So that's where uh, that's where the the mentality of uh, a eating healthy and, and having a healthier lifestyle starts. So small plates. Then, again, with dietary science, we're going to serve sequentially. What that means is any dietitian or nutritionist will tell you, you need to fill up on the vegetables, on the fruits, on the lean proteins first. Uh, and that way, you, there's less room for the, uh, you know, I'm, I'm here in the South, so less, less room for the biscuits and gravy or the mashed potatoes and gravy. There's a lot of gravy, you know, down yeah, here. Yeah, so, we um, Cody and I were just talking about grits this morning. That's a, that's a popular item as well, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. That's, that, oh, man, grits. That's a whole Southern thing. And anyway, don't get me going on grits because I don't understand that because no one just eats grits. It's grits with butter and salt and pepper and sugar and honey. And like I'm saying, anything you got to add that much more stuff to it. Yeah, is it really? Maybe you should just find something that tastes good on its own. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's the second, the second, uh, principle of dietary science is to serve sequentially. So you want the stuff that's going to provide good lean fuel for your body. And that we all know that, that, that it doesn't come from carbs and sugar. Um, we need, we need that, those good proteins and that good, the good fat to burn. So we want to you know, serve your business in the same way. And we'll get into that. So that's, um, core principle number two, serve sequentially serve your body, serve your business in a, in a certain way. Um, and then the third core principle is to remove temptation. So it's going to be very, very hard to eat well and have a healthy lifestyle. If there's a plate of brownies or chocolate chip cookies, I say brownies a lot. Cause that's my weakness. I'm, yeah, oh, I, man, I, love, I love brownies. <laughs> yeah. I talk, myself, so. <laughs> yeah. I talk yeah. about it in the book too, but it's going to be really hard. And you're going to say, you know, when, when it gets hard, when you're on a diet or when you're changing, not even really a diet, but you're changing your lifestyle, it's gonna be very hard if there's a plate of brownies sitting on the kitchen counter. Cause you'll say, well, just this once. And, and then I'll, I'll go run an, an extra mile. And we've all done that before. Um, too, is like after a workout, we've burned a bunch of calories and then we say, now I can have yeah, you know, I earned it. <laughs> yeah. I earned it. So then there comes the pizza and the cheeseburgers and start drinking the beer. So we got to remove that temptation, you know, cleaning out the pantry, getting rid of the junk. And in our business, we want to, it's really the opposite. We want to remove the temptation of spending uh, certain piles of cash or money that don't serve our business. So that's the third core principle. And then the fourth core principle is enforce a rhythm. So, you know, we're, again, we're raised and told, Hey, you should eat three meals a day. That's absolutely garbage. When it comes to nutrition, you should, when you're combining all the other core principles of small plates, serving sequentially, removing temptation, then you should actually eat smaller meals, more frequent frequently during the day. So you avoid the peaks and the valleys of that hunger and then you're filled up and then you crash again and you get you know hungry again. So in, in our business, we want to enforce a rhythm uh, of the way that we look at, at the cash in our business. So that's kind of how it sets up. It's dietary nutritional science to live a healthy lifestyle and they apply to our business as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And I, think it'll be helpful too, just to keep that analogy in mind as we translate it over to the business side. And um, so, so let's start with small plates. You know, I, I get it from a eating standpoint, like we're going to shrink our plate and hopefully we'll add less food to it. And so we'll eat less, but 
you know, what does that mean on the business side? How, what are we shrinking? Yeah. So on the, on the business side, what, what's really underlying the, the behavioral science that's behind small plates, not only for dietary, but especially for your business is you're battling something called Parkinson's law. And we go into and talking about that in the book as well, but Parkinson's law states that the demand for something grows to meet the supply available. So I'll I'll say that again, just so everybody can get, it can kind of sink in. The demand grows to meet the supply available. And the best analogy I can use is if you think about your, your tube of toothpaste every morning when you go in to brush your teeth, right? You, most mornings you go in, you grab the tube of toothpaste, you just squeeze it and go. You don't even pay attention to the amount of toothpaste that you use every day. And then you continue this behavior. And then one day it happens, you run out of toothpaste, Right. And so, Spencer, what do you do when you run out of toothpaste? I mean, you just see whatever you can do to get the rest of it out of there. That's right. Like you say, oh, I'm out of toothpaste. (laughs) So I'm going to go do something else. And most people say, oh, I go get a new tube of toothpaste. No, you don't. You do what every human being does and you squeeze from the bottom. You roll it up. You smash it on the countertop, whatever it is. And for a few days, you can get a little bit more out of the tube. And for those days, that little bit more is plenty to get by. Right before you never paid attention to it, but now you can determine I actually only need this much. So the yeah, way that if you applies, really work your system, you can get a week or two out of that. You know? <laughs> oh, I'm, I always say that like I'm such a redneck that I always carry a pocket knife with me. So I've been known to slit the side of the toothpaste tube down and stick my toothbrush in there and get that little bit. You that's know, next that, level. Yeah. That's yeah. Great. Well, that's, that's like great. I said, I'm kind of a redneck, but that's okay. And well, people that you are get rolled, creative, right? You know. Yeah. Well, that's that's exact. No, I'm glad that you said that because that's exactly what happens when you battle Parkinson's law. So when we got a full tube of toothpaste, we just squeeze and go. When we're out of toothpaste, then two things happen. It triggers two behaviors in us. We become frugal and we become innovative. We get by on less and we do crazy things like slit down the side of the toothpaste tube (laughs) with a knife and get that last little bit out. And people that are rolling their eyes saying, oh, I don't do that. I guarantee you do it. If you don't do it with the toothpaste, then you do it with a shampoo bottle, right? How many more, how many more yeah. uh, washes can you get out, right? Or some people might even do it with a roll of toilet paper, but we don't need to go into that level of detail. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Or maybe deodorant, you know, and you start scratching yourself because it's so low, you know? Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah, exactly. So we, we all do it. And, and so we have to, the small plates forces us to look at the amount of money in our business in certain in certain areas. So the small plates, and we'll get into this, lead to the five foundational bank accounts. So the bank accounts that we set up in your business to handle and manage the cash are like artificially making smaller tubes of toothpaste. Because when when the supply is limited, our demand will be limited to that supply. And so that's where that comes from. So small plates, dietary science, when we have smaller plates, we'll consume less calories. When we have multiple bank accounts, we have small plates that are serving our cash and we will consume less in that particular bank account because we'll say, oh, I'm about to run out of money in this bank account. I need to do two things. I need to go get frugal and cut back on some things and I need to, I need to get innovative and get more money into that account depending on what that account is. And if you can be innovative and frugal during those those desperate times and you can get by, then that's how you need to operate your business. I'm not saying be desperate all the time, but it's a behavior that constantly happens when all of that money is in one bank account and one tube of toothpaste. 
we we make a lot of decisions out of desperation. So that's yeah. that's how it applies to the business side of it. Small plates. Yeah, and I really I I love that. And my wife and I do something similar because we operate our personal finances similar to to this system with you know profit first, where we're setting aside a certain amount for savings, investing, whatever. And at the end of the month, you know, we're saying, oh, we got three days left and we've used up, say, all of our food budget, you know, for going grocery shopping. Yes, we have money that we could spend that's in savings or in checking account, but that's not the point. And so we end up eating like scrambled eggs for dinner for three nights, you know, because our goal was, hey, we're setting aside this money. And so if you kind of adopt that, you know, I guess methodology and just saying, Hey, I've committed to this first, I've prioritized this, then you get creative. And it's like, yeah, we've got food around the house. We'll figure it out. You know, we'll, we'll get through the last few days. And then that's kind of like the, the toothpaste thing, right? You, you grind out a few more days, but you're not doing that all the time. It's just right at the end of the month when you're, you know, and that's where it may, you make or break that profit or that savings or, you know, whatever that goal is. Yeah. I've, I've talked to a lot of people and they say, Hey, we've started doing profit first for contractors in our business. And we've also found that like, we have to do this with our personal finances as well. And I'm like, yeah, it's the same, it's yeah. the same thing. And they're like, <laughs> man, I thought I was just working on my business. Now I got to work on myself, you know? Um, and so the getting frugal and being innovative, um, is just a way that you need to think and operate. Now, part of that on the personal side that totally blows up, you know, with me, with five kids, I'm just like, all right, we got to get it. You know, we got to get innovative and, you know, take, you know, a slice of bread and cut it five ways or whatever. It doesn't, it doesn't really work like that. Sometimes it's like, <laughs> all right, we have to go get some more food because yeah, there's so many consumers <laughs> in the house, but that's a totally different problem. I can't, if you have five kids like me, I'd, I, I can't solve that problem for you. Yeah. Yeah. You kind of signed up for it, right? So. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So, so how does this yeah lead into like serving sequentially? You know, yeah. So, we so, so we're thinking small plates, we're going to use bank accounts to make those, uh, to make that big pile of cash that we have a little bit smaller. And when we set up the bank accounts, we're going to set them up in a way that serves the business sequentially. So we need to, just like dietary science, we need to focus on the things that are going to fuel our business um, and like fueling our body first. And then if we have some room left over, we can have, we can have some other things. So, so the small plates leads to the second, um, the second core principle of serving sequentially. And here's in general, this, you can have more bank accounts than this, and we'll get into the details of that, but you serve your business sequentially. The first thing that has to happen is a sale. So money comes in to our business. If you don't have any income coming in, then you really don't have a business. So that's the first bank account. But that bank account doesn't really do anything except hold, hold some money and then we'll transfer it out. And we'll talk about that in a minute. So the first thing, priority is income. We got to get money in the income account. Everything so that's where it starts, starts when something gets sold, right? Otherwise that's right. Happens. So we've got, we've got income coming in now. And now the most important aspect of any business is profit. So we're going to set up a profit account. And when we start uh allocating the money in our business in into these different accounts, we're going to deal with profit first. So it's really the second bank account, but it's the first action that we take. Money comes into the business and we're going to set aside a certain amount, a certain percentage of that income into our profit account. That leads to, that. that is the reason that you're in business. Without profit, what's the point? Go get a job um, and work for somebody else. But if you own a business and you got to be in the business to make a profit. 
And then that yeah. leads to the no point in taking all that risk if you're not going to have a profit. At yeah, the end. you might yeah. as well that, get your risk. And to your yeah, point, that doesn't mean that. Yeah, that doesn't mean that there aren't fluctuations and we have a bad quarter. Sometimes we even have a bad year, but our 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 priority has to be profit first. And then that leads to the next bank account. So money's come in. We've now set the the most important reason that we're in business is profit. We've set that aside in a bank account. Then in the United States of America, when you make a profit, this always happens. What is it? Taxes. Taxes. Yeah. So (laughs) you can not pay your taxes, but eventually you'll end up in jail. Um, So whenever profit happens, tax also happens. And, you know, I, I I almost said like, unfortunately, but the way that I started to look at this and the the joy that I've taught other construction business owners, there's a lot of joy around taxes, meaning if they've struggled from it before, now that they can pay their taxes with ease because it's sitting in a different bank account and it's tied to the income, um, then it becomes really easy. And I say, I, I don't want anybody to pay any more taxes than they have to. But pay, being able to pay your taxes and having that money sitting there when your taxes are due is the sign of a healthy, mature construction business. So, hey, when you pay taxes, yeah. congratulations. That yeah, is, that's a good it thing. means that you're making a profit, which is the whole whole reason. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, said another way, I mean, I'd argue you want to be paying a ton of taxes, no more than you have to, but you want that number to be high because it means you're doing something right. Yeah. And, and the reason that people struggle with it is because, you know, when that first dollar comes in, you didn't realize tax man's knocking on your door. And we've all gone through that and been surprised at the end of the year or the end of the quarter or whatever and found out, oh, we got a huge tax bill. And this is what I, what I teach my clients too, is I'm saying, you don't actually pay for your taxes. You, the business owner, don't pay for the taxes. Do you know who does? Your customers. Uh, yeah, there you go. Your, your customers pay for everything in your business as it relates to the business. Now, I mean, if you've got other risky investments outside the business and you owe a bunch of taxes on those, your business can't afford to pay for that, you know. But what I'm saying is, is your customers pay for everything in your business, your taxes included. So you set up a tax account because you want to make profit. And when profit happens, then we're going to pay taxes. So now we've got the income. The business has started, money's coming in. We take care of the most important aspect of our business, which is profit. And when profit happens, then we pay taxes on that. So those are three of three of the five accounts, income, profit, and tax. Next, Perfect. next, again, remember, we're working on the veggies and the fruit and the lean protein, right? Uh, before we move on to anything else. So now we need to take care of the most important employee in the business. And that is the owner. There are so many owners out there that are not paying themselves what they're worth or for the time that they put into the business. And I understand people are working 50, 60, 70 hours a week sometimes, especially when you're starting out. That's just, that's what you got to do to get things off the ground. But if you stay trapped, and we describe this in the book is the craftsman cycle. If you stay trapped in the craftsman cycle, then you'll never make a true profit because if you can't work in the business as the owner operator, then you're going to have to hire somebody to come in and do all of the things that you, that you're doing. So you've got to get your owner's compensation account set up so that if anything ever happens to you or you choose not to work in your business, then you've got the money set aside to hire somebody for the value of the work that you the work that you do. So that's the, that's the fourth bank account is owner's compensation. And we set that, set that aside. 
because I, I hope that your listeners out there have great people working for them. And I'm sure that they do. They have some key employees and they can't imagine life without them. But you as the business owner are the most important employee. Without you, the business doesn't exist. So you've got to take care of yourself first. You've got to pay yourself. And there are a lot of business owners out there that say, well, I don't have any money left, so I'm not. I'm going to pay everybody else, which is, I understand the heart behind all of that. And we want to take care of our people. But that also brings up a very, another interesting aspect is there's a lot of talk these days about culture and, and vision and getting your employees to think like owners. Like we want our employees to think like owners so we can delegate to them and they can grow and all of this kind of stuff. It's great. But I like to tell owners, you need to think like an employee. And what I mean by that is there is an adva- a very particular advantage of being the owner of a construction business. And here's the advantage. You cannot pay yourself and you'll still show up to work tomorrow, <laughs> right? If you yeah. don't pay an employee, they ain't going to show up to work, right? So I tell, I tell business owners, you need to think like an employee. When you don't pay yourself as the most important employee, something's going on there. I'm not saying don't show up for work, but that's a huge problem. So think like an employee and the way you do that is saying, here's my owner's compensation account and that's where I pay myself out of. And if that thing is zero and I can't pay myself, then we got to fix something in the business. Yeah. And it's interesting because it seems like, uh, I mean, I've seen this a lot too, and it seems very selfless on the surface because you're saying, Hey, I'm not paying myself to keep everything going. So I'm paying everyone else. But at the end of the day, it's, it's a selfish play over the several years because you can't continue like that forever. And suddenly, you know, if the business just goes away, then everybody's out of a job. And so it, it starts that way, but it, but it quickly turns. Yeah. And I hear, I hear business owners all the time saying, well, I didn't pay myself last year or last quarter or this past month or whatever. Um, I'm, I'm reinvesting in my business and I'd say, okay, what's the return on the investment you just made? And they, so I don't, I don't know. Okay. Well then it's not an investment because that's what an investment is. It's a calculated return and it, there's a payback period and, and you kind of understand that. So I say, you're not, when you don't pay yourself as the owner, you're not investing in the business. You're stealing from the business because what that means is you're not calculating the worth of the work that you do in the business and you're not marking it up or you're not charging for that. And that's money that's being left on the table And when you leave money on the table, it's like walking away from it or someone taking it out of your pocket. So you're, you're allowing your customers, they don't, they're not intentionally doing it because you never sold it to them in the first place, but it really is stealing from your business. So you got to start, you got to stop stealing from your business by compensating yourself. And there's a couple of different ways to do that, but that's the, that's the fourth bank account. So we've got money that comes in the income set aside profit first, most important thing. When profit happens, we're going to pay taxes. Now we got taxes. Now we got to take care of the most important employee. And that's the owner through a bank account called owner's compensation. Now we've taken care of all of that. We've served our business in that sequence, in that order. And what's left is what we call the operating expenses or the OPEX account for short. That's it. We pay all of our bills out of the OPEX account. And after you've taken care of these other important aspects of your business in that order, if you don't have enough money in the OPEX account to pay your bills, you don't go steal from the other things, from the other bank accounts. You change the way you operate. 
So when the OPEX account gets too low or there's no money in there and you still got bills to pay, it's your business screaming at you to operate differently. Not your business saying, hey, go steal your profits. Don't pay your taxes and, and become an unpaid employee for a profitless business. That's not what your business is saying when the OPEX account is low. The OPEX is screaming at you saying, we got to change the way you operate. And that's it. Those are the five those are the five foundational bank accounts that come from serving your business sequentially. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. And, and that last piece is really where the creativity comes into play, right? Or, you know, you have to get creative on your expenses or, you know, you need to either sell more or you're not charging enough. Like, like Yeah. Said. And it's, it's a combination of all of those things for most construction business owners, it, they are delivering a wonderful service and, and very high value and, and great quality. They just don't know what they could sell it for. So one of the easiest ways, or I shouldn't say the easiest ways, but the simplest ways, it's all a lot of hard work, but the simplest way is just to raise your prices. And I see it time and time again, I'll run the numbers with construction business owners and the math will tell you exactly what you need to know in order to operate your business in this way, you need to charge 20% more. You don't have to change anything about your business 20% to 30% is where is where the uh, where the math works out. So just go do that. And that's and that's hard. You can't go one day charging this amount and 30% more. You you get there over over time, but you got to start doing something. So that's one way to do it. The other way is to get really 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 frugal on your expenses, saying and this is what I tell my clients every month print out your expenses. And I'm saying every line item on those expenses and you have to review those and just ask yourself, why? Why do we have this expense? And do we need it? And that's where we get into just, again, like dietary science, we want to trim the fat, but we don't want to cut out the muscle. So for example, someone may look at their expenses and say, oh, and I'll, I'll just pick on, I'll pick on marketing for a second, right? Yeah, do so, it, yeah. <laughs> because, and you've probably experienced this before saying, okay, well, we've got, I don't know, let's say a couple of thousand dollars a month for this marketing expense. So first of all, we say, you know, why, why do we have Builder Funnel uh, working for us, right? And, and every line item should be uh, on your expenses should be open to this kind of scrutiny. And if so, it's easy to say, well, we could do marketing on our own. So let's cut out that $2,000 expense. Somebody call Spencer and just let them know that we're not going to be using them next month. Um, I'm not encouraging you to do that, by the way. This yeah, is thanks, a really Sean. Yeah, this is going great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to like, well, we're not going to continue this series anymore. But what, what I'm saying is, is that would be cutting out muscle right? Marketing for your business. Remember where we said your business starts with sales. Well, there's actually something that has to happen before sales. It's called marketing. And so a lot of times, if you want to increase your prices, if you need to increase your margins and you need more work, the only way to do that is by doing more marketing. Now, that's not to say, is our marketing effective? Is it working? But people will see that expense and say, okay, well, I heard Sean, he said, we have to cut and they cut out muscle. Don't cut out the muscle. The other, the other way, let's pick on bookkeepers or CPAs or whatever, right? Saying, okay, I'll do the books myself. No, you no probably, <laughs> the $500 you're spending a year on your CPA, you probably need to be spending $2,000 a year on a CPA. The, the cheap CPA that you got isn't working for you. So you actually need to increase expenditures so that they can actually serve your business. So don't cut out, don't cut out the muscle, trim the fat. So the way that I always look at it is like meals and entertainment, 
when we have, let's say we set a budget for meals and entertainment, I don't know, 250 bucks a month. When I review my expenses and that meals and entertainment comes in at $267.50, I want to know why we spent $17.50 more on our meals and expenses when we said the budget was 250 because that 16 or 17 bucks grows to $50, it grows to $100, it grows to thousands of dollars, right? That's trimming the fat when we say, hey, do we need this stuff? And as we operate our businesses, especially as business owners, we make decisions, a thousand decisions a day, and we add little expenses to our business, and then we forget about them. We're, we're solving a problem right there by spending a little bit of money on this business, on this service, on this whatever, and then it just keeps recurring, and we got we to gotta ask ourselves, is this, really, is this really worth it? So, just to make sure that I get invited back, spend <laughs> more money on effective marketing. That's going to increase your volume and your margins, right? But it's, you got to make sure, you got to identify, is this fat or is this muscle? And do not cut out the muscle. When you trim the fat, then you take that money, dump it into the muscle, and the muscle of your business will drive the revenue and will drive some other efficiencies. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. And in all seriousness, like to your point, you should evaluate all those line items. And uh, I kind of think about it in needs and wants. Like, what does your business actually need? Like, it needs marketing, it needs sales, it needs you know the tools that you know to actually execute the work. Um, and then th- there's kind of some of those wants or nice to haves, you know, so it's meals and entertainment, or maybe you're using certain software and you can actually accomplish it with cheaper software that still does the same thing. I'm not saying you should always look for the cheapest solution, but if you're in that creative zone and you're saying, Hey, can we accomplish the same thing for less Then you'll start to find those things? So, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, yeah. And, and the only way that it's impossible, it's impossible not to know where your business stands if you review all of your expenses every month, like it's just that simple, like put it on the calendar last Friday of the month or whatever it is. And who, whether it's you or your bookkeeper or CPA, whoever's doing office manager say, just give me a list. And it gets easier over time at the beginning. It's hard because you've never done it before. So it's going to take you a while. But then when you start hitting your budget and you start hitting your numbers, then you can actually back out of the details of the expenses because you'll be aware of what the dollar amount should be or the percentage. And you'll know, Hey, when income is up, we're probably going to spend it. When the income is up, we it's probably because we spent a little bit more the previous month or the previous quarter on some of those expenses, marketing, training, conferences, business coaches, whatever, right? And so you'll be very aware of what is driving the revenue. And you want to, when you find out those things, you need to pour money into that, not cut it back. Yeah. Yeah. That's great advice. And, you know, guys, for all of you listening, we kind of covered a lot in this episode in terms of details. And I know, Sean, there's a lot more behind the scenes uh, for each one of these steps, but hopefully that kind of inspired you to take a couple of first steps in terms of uh, at least setting up these accounts and prioritizing, like Sean said, that profit account, the tax account, owner's comp account, and then, and then squeeze the toothpaste on those uh, operating expenses. So, um, We are going to be coming back to you with episode three. Uh, So this one was all about the four core principles and the five foundational accounts. Uh, But we will see you next episode where we're going to get into the three rules in Profit First and dig into those. So thanks, Sean, for joining me. And we'll see you guys on the next episode. Thanks, Spencer.